Good evening, everyone. I'm Anne-Marie Cronin, and I'll be hosting a special live broadcast tonight on News Talk 760 WJR. We're going to be talking about the prevention of disease and the urgency of taking action before the onset of serious medical problems. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention, is here tonight to tell you what you need to know about how to avoid heart attack and stroke altogether and what you need to do to prevent Alzheimer's and many of the other chronic diseases. We're opening up the lines and taking your calls, so please make a note of this number, 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. We'll be repeating it throughout the show, and this is your chance to talk directly to the doctor. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to News Talk 760. WJR. Again, I'd like to welcome all of you to a special medical radio show here on News Talk 760 WJR. I'm Anne-Marie Cronin, and we're here tonight to talk to you about prevention and why you have to start looking at health care from a different perspective. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, is joining us from Birmingham, Michigan, to give us some hard talk about dealing with our health and making sure we get the necessary testing. We invite you to call in if you have a question at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Dr. Collender, welcome back to another one of your very informative shows. What is going on with COVID now? Well, thanks, Anne-Marie. And apparently everything's going great because the vaccines are getting rolled out. Uh, there's going to be 6,000 vaccinations administered a day at Ford Field starting next week. So everyone should be really happy, right? I would hope so. But, I mean, what about the ones that, I mean, I've known several people last week that already got it, that wound up in the hospital. So what, what, are, the, what are the people supposed to do that suddenly come down with it? They haven't gotten the vaccine and they, they get sick. What's the first step? Well, still, you need to be able to call your doctor. And I think it's important to get diagnosed as soon as possible. If you have any kind of symptom that's related to COVID, fever, cough, shortness of breath, chest pain, diarrhea, abdominal pain of any kind, um, obviously loss of smell and taste. You need to go and get tested because having the diagnosis is really important, not just assume you have it, you're going to write it out. There's some therapies you can get if you have the diagnosis. And I know this is still uh, becoming more and more taboo, but I still think early use of hydroxychloroquine can be helpful there's a lot of doctors who are using it early. Um, unfortunately, the data from hospital usage was poor. Um, but I think if you use it very early, my experience has been very good. Well, let me ask you this. I mean, obviously, all these doctors out there, as far as I know, are practicing telemedicine. And if you do call for a doctor's appointment, you're still being put on hold. You've still got to wait. You're not getting in right away. So I would think there's an urgency here if you think that you've got covid You've got to act quickly. I mean, I've known people who felt as though they had it, couldn't reach their doctor, were offered a telemedicine appointment two days from now, and when two days came, they were in the hospital already. What's that problem, and how do we solve it? Well, there's a couple problems there. Number one is the timeliness of it, like you said. You still have to make an appointment with a doctor who only has so much time with each patient. So telemedicine actually might give doctors more time with a patient. The problem is... They have volumes of patients, and that means you can't get in for days to have that visit. Um, the other problem is because it's telemedicine, the doctor can't lay hands on you. 
And so their confidence in being able to take care of you remotely is much lower. So when you're sick, the knee-jerk reaction is go to the hospital. So now the hospitals are taking care of people who have COVID earlier, I mean, wherever it is in the stage. And of course, now you're at the mercy of the hospital. And that means, oh, they might intubate you just because they feel better about it. Whatever is going on, the intensity of your care is going to be higher whether it needs to be or not. I think that a lot of responsibility is still left and falling on the patient's shoulders, which I think is totally unfair because after all, you know, telemedicine doesn't work for a lot of people. First of all, a lot of people don't have thermometers. They don't have blood pressure machines. So who's measuring the blood pressure? Who's looking at your throat, your eyes, your ears? Who's, who's got a stethoscope around, around their neck listening to your heart and, and, and doing some kind of rudimentary test to see where you're at? And that's going to be frightening for people that stay at home. Or they just can't access the tech. So, you know, they just don't know how to connect from the email invitation to initiate the Zoom meeting. So it goes from being a virtual visit that has some video to just a phone call. So not only are you not seeing the patient, even though it's through a screen, the doctor is doing a telephone call. So which then that even further uh, limits the doctor's confidence in being able to make a decision of what they should do. So also, some of these patients are people that even though they're assigned to that doctor, the patient picked that doctor on their insurance list. The doctor may have never even heard this person's name before. They have no idea who it is, and they're getting them on a COVID call. The only option they have is say, go to the ER. How is that a solution? Well... It's, I mean, I, this is going to sound terrible, but it's what you do. You know, like if you don't get a chance, if you can't see the person, evaluate them by on your own and you're talking to them on the phone and you hear the symptoms that might be related, you know, the, you know, air quote safe, um, safe recommendation is, well, go to the ER because at the ER, someone is going to actually have to see you and examine you. And on on the cynical end, I'm passing the buck. This isn't my medical decision. I'm not going to take a chance on someone's life or make a decision on the phone. Let someone else make that decision. You know, I I imagine people have to be pretty scared because obviously it's still winter here in Michigan and it's still cold outside. And there are people who come down with coughs with, I would imagine, the normal flu, the average types of bronchial uh, problems that people have at this time of the year. I mean, aren't people out there scared about the fact that they don't know whether when they do feel sick or they do feel feverish, what is it I have? Is this COVID? I mean, how are people supposed to know if they're supposed to go to the hospital? Well, it's still COVID till proven otherwise. You know, if you have any kind of symptom that suggests an infection of any kind, you still got to get your COVID test and make sure that's not what it is. But for the first time in months and months, I'm starting to see people with other type of things, you know, sinus infections pharyngitis, uh, pneumonia. So it's actually kind of nice to see actual other illnesses than COVID in the office. Yeah, that's right. There's a lot of other stuff out there. Well, in the meantime, we'll have to take a short break. Again, you're listening to a special live broadcast. We're here with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, talking about prevention. If you have a specific question and you'd like to talk to the doctor directly about what we're talking about tonight, please call us at 800-859-0957. That's 800-859-0957. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Are we going back yeah, again? Okay. You. 
If you're just now joining us, I'd like to let you know that we're welcoming you to our special medical radio show on News Talk 760 WJR. We're back again with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention in Birmingham, Michigan. After 25 years in practice and watching patients die prematurely and unnecessarily, he's here tonight to give us some hard advice on what we need to do to avoid heart attack and stroke. We're inviting listeners to call in with your questions at 800-859-0957. That's 800-859-0957. So, Dr. Collender, carrying on with where we all are with COVID, what, what more advice can you give us? Well, I don't know. Because I feel as though we're still shut down. Oh, well, we are shut down in Michigan, and we shouldn't be. And, you know, I don't know that I have advice right now, actually. I have questions. So I think there's more questions still about COVID than answers. And it's very frustrating to be able to or to have to answer questions for my patients that there are not answers to. So unfortunately, the full studies of these vaccines are not have not been published. So we're still relying on, you know, the faith of the FDA to say that something's okay. And we're relying on, I hate to say it, Dr. Fauci to tell us, oh, keep doing what you're doing. This is the right thing. And we're relying on the press release from Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson, and and thank God, you know, the U.S. has not approved AstraZeneca yet. So, you know, we're really, you know, these are the questions that I'm having to ask or answer every day that the answers don't exist. You know, what vaccine do I get? And, you know, so what vaccine is going to be available at Ford Field? Is it the Johnson vaccine? Does anyone know that, by the way? Is that I don't know. It just, you know, get what you can get. So, you know, we talked to somebody here at the studio before we went on air, and I talked to some patients. They're driving to Battle Creek to get a vaccine. You know, Why is so that? I thought they were readily available at Ford Field and all over the place. Well, that's next week. So mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things, you know, being able to get all these vaccines next week at Ford Field and maybe your local pharmacies or maybe not, um, this is really remarkable in terms of having a vaccine and having it accessible one year after the beginning of a virus. That's still a remarkable feat, but we still do not know what these vaccines do to us, you know, what the long-term effects are. You know, yes, they have short-term safety. And again, I'm only saying this based on the press release from the pharmaceutical company putting the vaccine out. And we're saying the FDA said it's okay. Now, the FDA says a lot of things are okay, like, you know, narcotics, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and vaping. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that the FDA approving anything is like, a, you know, a stamp, white glove stamp of approval. So I don't feel good giving advice about vaccines. I feel like we have to get the vaccine, yet we should still be questioning that at the same time. Well, I don't know what there is to question because it's a do or die situation. I think people have been scared into thinking that that's their only alternative to safeguarding themselves from getting the disease and potentially winding up in the hospital and maybe winding up on a ventilator, which is what everybody's scared of. 
let's take a let's take a, a vote or not a vote, but let's just do a, a straw poll. Siobhan, did you get vaccinated? I did not get vaccinated. But to be honest, I I do not even know where the information is available for when do I get vaccinated? How do I get vaccinated? I find personally that it's hard to figure that out. You know, I, I feel like there's no organization in my perspective to, you know, how do you know when to go, where to go, what to get? It just seems very nebulous to me. Well, also, Siobhan's way below 50, so she's got a long way to go before she hits the, uh, you know, the ability to even qualify for a vaccine. Now, if Siobhan had chronic illnesses, she could, you know, apply for a exception to get the vaccine with a chronic illness. And the, and I've had many patients who are below 50. I've written a letter saying this person should get vaccinated um, because they've got a chronic illness and they have. Um, so, Amory, have you been vaccinated? No, and I'm not really, you know, jumping to get it done. I don't have any pre-existing conditions, so I'm not really particularly worried about it, which might be, you know, a fool's notion. But I've kind of thought about the fact that, you know, let the people with, there's so many people with pre-existing conditions that need to be lined up ahead of me that who knows when, you know, that's all going to get settled. I'm not afraid of the virus. I'm not afraid of the vaccine, but um I don't know that much about, you know, I guess it's like a do or die situation. Well, We're all going to have it, to get it. Well, is it? So I agree with you that I think we're all going to have to get it. The question is one. And the question is, which vaccine do you get? So if you, you know, do you just go line up at Ford Field and get whatever they're handing out? Um, you know, where we had a show last uh, week, two weeks ago where, um, you know, we, we I like, I'm concerned about the the DNA vaccines. And last time I thought Is that the I, Johnson and Johnson one? The John, right. I mistakenly said the Johnson was RNA. It's a DNA vaccine. AstraZeneca is a DNA vaccine. Well, AstraZeneca is not here, though. Not yet. I know, but so nobody has to worry about it. They're not getting it in well, Germany. To, They're refusing to, it in Germany. Not just Germany, but most of Europe has has declined the AstraZeneca vaccine for one reason or another. Um, blood clots is one of the reasons. And again, we don't have the study. You know, it's not for public consumption. We're relying on government officials and government agencies to read the store, read the what, read whatever data they've been given to make an indic- a, 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 a judgment on whether or not to give that to their community. So I'm very concerned about the AstraZeneca vaccine. Frankly, we've been concerned about it since day one because it's a DNA vaccine. Um, to me, what that means is the difference between the DNA and the RNA vaccine is the RNA, RNA vaccine is kind of like a one-step process. Your body's got to go through one iteration to make a product that will generate an immune response. The DNA vaccine is a two-step process. Then there's other vaccines. This is a whole other question for next uh, segment is where are the other vaccines? There were over a hundred vaccines in the pipeline, you know, uh, early on. And you may say, hey, this is lightning speed. You know, this is a warp speed, you know, uh, uh, production of vaccine. So we should be happy that we have what we have. But the question is, where are the others? So out of the four vaccines that are currently up for discussion, I only feel good about two of them. And, and those two are? the Pfizer and the Moderna, and that's without having any other information, except again, like we, we said. Um, 
Sorry, Siobhan. Siobhan. Yeah, no, I was just curious. If you're somebody that, let's say, isn't listening to this show, how do you go about finding this information? Like if in you know, some reality you do have a choice. I mean, how would somebody know that maybe the DNA vaccine is not as good as the RNA vaccine? Like, is this information available for the layperson to understand? I don't know that, well, let's just well, the qualify. The layperson doesn't know what RNA or right, DNA is, right. so forget about and, that. And, and let's qualify that, you know, we, I don't know really what these vaccines are doing because the studies have not been published. This is just based on my feeling is I want my I want to have the simplest possible vaccine. And I did get vaccinated because I felt I had to like my patients expect me to. OK, but you let me just ask you a question. You've been vaccinated. You 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 you've had the first vaccination, but not the second one. I know I had them both. You had them both. OK. And you also had COVID. Right. So now are you like home free? You can go anywhere, do anything. Don't need to wear a mask. You're totally safe. Can't give it. Can't get it. Aren't I always? <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm just curious as to, you know, you're. That's seeing... my feeling. I feel. I mean, I'm still walking around outside with a mask, and I, and I still walk the walk, you know, with social distancing and all those things. But um, in my mind, I am immune. All right. Well, let's come and pick that up on the other side of the break. Again, you're listening to a special live broadcast. If you have a specific question and you would like to talk to the doctor directly about what you need to do to avoid heart attack and stroke or have a question on any of the subjects we're discussing tonight, please give us a call at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to our special live broadcast on News Talk 760 WJR. We're fortunate to have Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention. He's here tonight to give us some straight talk about two important topics, prevention and being proactive. We're inviting you to call in with your questions at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Siobhan, do you have someone calling? Yeah, so we have John on the line from Troy. John, what's your question? Um, Thank you for the show. This whole topic of prevention is incredible. I'm very ignorant. I'm 55 years old, 20 pounds overweight, trying to do the best I can, but sure that I'm failing in my ignorance. What should I be doing to educate myself about avoiding heart attack and stroke? Good question. Go ahead, doctor. That's a loaded question. Yeah, I'm going to take a deep breath. So the first thing you need to do is get a CIMT test, which is a carotid intima media thickness test, which is not widely available. It's, it's, you know, very tough to find. Um, You can also get a CT calcium score of the heart, uh, which is easy to get in most hospitals. It tells you if or you do or do not have plaque. So when you're thinking about prevention, you really want to know, do you have the disease you're trying to prevent? Do you have plaque? And are your arteries inflamed? So we really focus on heart attack and stroke prevention. And those are the two most important tests. I would say the CIMT is more important than the CAT scan. Uh, but if uh, there's a role for both of them in some people. Now, let's so, just clarify that before we go any further. I mean, patients and listeners need to know that the CT cardiac calcium scoring test 
is done in a hospital and you will need to get a prescription from a doctor. You can't just drive up and get it. It costs about, what, 100 125 at Beaumont and most of the other hospitals around town are around about that price. I think they're all doing the test, but they will require that you have a prescription from your doctor. And then the CIMT is harder to find, and they're going to have to probably call you up and find out where you can go because how many CIMT machines do we have in Michigan? Not that many. Not that many. So right. you, you'll need to call Colander at 866-COLANDER, and he will be able to tell you either come to his office or you can get it done someplace that's convenient for you to go to. And, John, the other problem you're going to run into is your doctor interpreting the CAT scan test or the CIMT test because, frankly, doctors that don't practice prevention do not know how to interpret those tests. So I think we have another caller. Yeah. We have another Siobhan? Yeah, so up next we have Dan from Macomb. Dan, what's your question? Thank you for taking my call. How soon after you have your second COVID-19 shot can you have surgery done on your body? Um, I would say, well, again, there's no data on anything for COVID. You know, we haven't seen the reports. We haven't seen the, uh, the nothing's been published. So I can't tell you for sure. But I'm telling my patients, again, depending on the urgency of the surgery, can I ask what kind of surgery are you talking about? Removal of the prostate. For prostate cancer. So I would do yep. that sooner than later, and I would say two weeks ought to do it. Two weeks. Okay. Yeah, I was, I mean, when I looked at Mayo Clinic, they indicated maybe a week. Um, if they say a week, great. Two weeks is when you're, you know, you're beginning to optimize your immunity. So I, I would do, you know, to me, I'd say two weeks is is uh, a good spot. Some people are saying waiting a month, but two weeks, your immune system's ready to go in terms of COVID. It's a good question. Yeah, there's people out there that have other things going on that right. they need to take care of. So, you know, getting back to our COVID conversation, we were talking about uh, the questions that are coming up that aren't don't have answers because we don't have access to the study. And the study didn't address a lot of these problems. Uh, we're getting questions about women who are pregnant. What do they do? Women who are breastfeeding. What do they do? Um, you know, what if somebody has cancer? You know, and then we're asking their immune system. You know, active cancer. Yeah, you want them to get a vaccine, but you're triggering their immune system, and they're they're they've got a bone marrow disorder or lymphoma. And, you know, where does that fit in? These, these were not studied in the trials. We have no answer or guidance on how to tell people what to do. So people with, now, now that Ford Field is going to open up, when is it next week and everybody can go down there and get their vaccine? Is there going to be any pre-screening or do you have to get a prescription from your doctor or what do you need? I, I don't know. I would, yeah, the government, the governor didn't ask me for advice on what I should, um, for my advice on what we should do. Um, so I'm happy that rolling out, you know, the vaccine's more available. That's great. But again, it's like a, it's, it's a paradox. Okay. I'm happy a vaccine's available that we can move on with our lives if there's herd immunity. But at the same time, I don't have any data to support that this vaccine is great other than what the FDA, who I don't trust, has told me. Dr. Fauci, who I no longer trust, has told me. 
or the government who I don't trust has told me. Oh my gosh. Okay, that's a, that's a mouthful. I don't know that we're going to recover from that. Siobhan, you have another caller? Yeah, so we have now Sylvia from Celine. Sylvia, what's your question? My question is, have you heard of this new cholesterol-lowering um, injection that um, I'm just experiencing? I've only had one dose and wondered if you had heard about it, and um, apparently it's new. And um, what do you think about it, if you have? Sure. So you're probably either talking about Repatha or Praluent. Which one are you taking? So it's a Praluent. Praluent. So, I mean, they're very similar drugs, and these are medicines that, um, when taken with a statin, which is your traditional cholesterol-lowering drug, reduces your risk of having a heart attack more than just taking a statin alone. So in the right place, I think those kind of drugs are great, um, you know, because they have very low side effects. They allow you to have a lower dose of a statin. Um, and on a benefit, we've talked about this on other shows, that class of drug, which is called a PCSK9 inhibitor, they protect you against um, the problems that occur with a genetic marker that's very common called lipoprotein A or LPA. So you don't, Sylvia probably don't know whether or not you're a carrier of LPA, you know, but it may not be a bad idea to get a LPA or a lipoprotein A blood test to identify your risk of having that genetic marker um, causing you to have heart disease. And all these people that are calling in that have, you know, problems or pre-existing conditions or they're not in great shape, you know, the types of callers that we're getting, how do they know if they're okay to go ahead and get this vaccine or is it just like you've just got to go and get it whether you have a pre-existing condition or not? Well, in general, I would say everybody should get vaccinated. Again, that's just based on, you know, what am I basing it on? I, I just said I don't know what I'm basing it on. So, you know, the idea that, again, it's a paradox. Yes, we should get vaccinated. We talked a couple of weeks ago out live about you know, Fauci saying, or someone came on there saying that Fauci said that if you've got allergies, you shouldn't get vaccinated. That makes no sense at all to me. You know, who based on what and why? So oh, I better not get vaccinated because I've got allergies for everything. Well, well, you're just it just means your immune system's triggered with another type of immunity. It just it's a different immune process. So go get the vaccine. You're getting it in a facility that has healthcare workers looking over you. So, um, you know, again, it's a paradox. Yes, we need to get vaccinated. You should all get vaccinated. There's just very limited windows where I would have a question. And again, I think pregnancy, breastfeeding are big questions. And I don't know the answer. The vaccine's not indicated for babies. Why is it okay to give it to a pregnant woman or someone who's breastfeeding? There was someone on TV who got it after discussing with their doctors. How could their doctors know? There's no data to support one decision or the other. So loaded questions. In the meantime, we'll have to take a quick break. You're listening to a special live broadcast. If you have a specific question on the subject we're discussing tonight and you'd like to hear from the doctor directly, please call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that number is 800 859 0957. 
You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. And we can take your calls through. Welcome back to the final segment of our special live broadcast here on News Talk 760 WJR on the importance of being proactive and informed of all the resources available to prevent and treat the chronic and debilitating diseases we've come to accept. You're listening to the expert advice of Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention. If you have a question for the doctor, now is your chance to call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Siobhan, you have another caller? Yeah, so we have Sharon from St. Clair Shores now on the line. Sharon, what's your question? Yes, I've recently been diagnosed with congestive heart failure, sleep apnea, and wow. AFib. And I am under a cardiologist and a pulmonologist's care. But they seem to be more just giving me a bunch of medicine. And, um, you know, I want to, I would like to go a more natural route. I did, about two months ago, I started eating vegan. And um, I haven't really noticed much difference except I'm losing weight like crazy. But um, what can I, you know, what, what what should my next steps be? And is there a way that I can wean myself off of this medicine? Well, Sharon, I think you're asking the wrong question. You know, the real questions are, what are the markers of disease that I need to follow to make sure I'm going the right direction? So I understand not wanting to be on medications, but also you cannot make an assumption that what you think is the right thing to do is the right thing to do. You need to identify, you know, again, the values Blood tests, imaging, you know, we talk about this carotid wall ultrasound that looks at the layers of the artery, which literally measures your body's inflammation. You need these kind of markers to gauge your progress. And, you know, in my world, it doesn't matter what it takes to get you healthy. There aren't any boundaries. There aren't any barriers to trying to get you healthy. The whole world of medicine needs to be open to you. You should not limit yourself to, I want to be vegan, that's going to take care of me, or I've got to take these drugs you know, that my cardiologists are prescribing me to get healthy. You need everything in your, you know, all the arsenals at your disposal to get yourself healthy and have no biases toward anything. So is it possible, again, I don't know you, is it possible to you know, be on a cleaner regimen? I would hope so. But that's not the goal. The goal is is that you stay alive and you're operating at the maximum you can be for as long as possible, and you should not have any bias toward how you get there. Well, one thing I'd like to ask you, Dr. Collender, is it's kind of shocking. to I don't know how old this lady is. She sounded I mean, young. She sounded pretty young, I know. But, I mean, it's kind of shocking to think that this is what we're talking about. She, you know, rally, rails off three major... Uh, diseases, heart failure, AFib, and what was the other thing? That well, was- they're all related to each other. So, but how did she get to that state in the first place if she's like a person who's trying to take care of her health? Failure of prevention. Yeah, failure this of prevention. Is failure That's- of prevention. So, who, you know, this is, and this is, listeners should recognize that this is someone just like any one of you who's going about their life, and then all of a sudden their health goes off a cliff 
because conditions that needed to be identified a long time ago were not. Oh, I'm sorry. Shivana's two callers. Siobhan, go ahead. Yep. Yeah. So up next, we have Betty from Auburn Hills. Betty, what's your question? Yes. Thank you. I, my ophthalmologist has just told me that uh, the COVID virus has been found in the tears of people's eyes. And I wondered if the virus affects any other parts of, of the body, in particular the ears and, and the eyes. Uh, at the beginning of the COVID outbreak, uh, one of the stores that I uh, went to regularly began spraying the store. And uh, I didn't notice it at the time that I was there, but at some point, my eyes started burning and I, tearing, and I had to leave the store because I couldn't see. Um, that was maybe a, a couple months into the, into the epidemic. Um, and I just wondered if those things could be related. Yes, I could. Next caller. <laughs> Sorry. No. So, I mean, that that's a whole show right there. So I'm going to ask you to the call earlier in the show when we have, because we have like three minutes left, and that's a 25-minute question. Or she can um, call your office yeah, you at 866 call call because having, that's a long answer. Right. I mean, the answer, I mean, a short term is COVID affects everything. And the chemicals that you were exposed to in the store probably cause a little chemical burning, but COVID can affect anything depending on the person. Siobhan, you have another caller? Yeah, so now we have Richard from Farmington Hills. Richard, what's your question? I've had two strokes, and I want to know what kind of blood workup I should do to tell me where I at. And I had a, they were basal artery uh, clots. Well, um, sorry to hear about your strokes. Again, you sound like a very young guy. How old are you? 78. You sound like a young 78. I'm so, older in dirt. <laughs> all right. Well, no, you're still above the dirt. That's the most important <laughs> right. thing. So, uh, you know, so it's not necessarily blood work. Again, it's imaging. You need to identify the, the health of your artery wall. To me, that's a marker that you can follow over time that gauges the amount of other testing that we do. You need artery inflammation markers. Um, that look at the activity of plaque building within the wall of your artery. And then you need other tests. Um, you need to identify, like this lady from St. Clair, you know, do you have sleep apnea? You know, what's your oral health doing? You need genetic markers. Um, you need to make sure that your gut health is doing well. You need to make sure you're on the right supplements. And so all of these things play a role in you not having another stroke. Um, so it's, it's simple yet very complicated to make sure that we're finding all of the things that may be affecting you. But the most important test, again, at one time, space and time isn't that valuable. You know, it tells you where you are, but you need to follow a plan that makes sure you're moving the right direction using the right kind of markers. So you need to get a CIMT, and um, again, you should call the office afterward and uh, we can, it's just too much to go over with a couple of minutes to go. No, but much. Be, What's the office number? It's oh, 866 Colander. That's K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. 
And if for any reason you forget it or get the spelling wrong, you can call WJR. They'll be happy to give you the, the number again, but it's 866-COLANDER. And certainly if Dr. Colander is telling you you need to get the CIMT to prevent future strokes, we'd, we'd all say absolutely get that test. Well, right? it's the piece of information that tells you that where you are in terms of artery health and stroke is a artery damage, an artery problem. So identifying that piece of data today, you know, you repeat it in a year and get an idea of, okay, are we going the right direction? Are we healing your artery? And then... The labs just give us direction as we go through the year, but um, you need to go through a pretty intensive evaluation of identifying all the possible drivers of artery inflammation that cause you to have the stroke so that you're addressing it because right now you have no idea if you're on the right path, which is why you called. The most important thing is these people out there really need to know what tests they need to be getting, and unfortunately, they're not doctors. They don't know. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time, so I'd like, I'd like to quickly thank Dr. Brian Collender, MD, specialist in prevention for being here tonight and for being willing to share his expertise and knowledge with regards to not only the prevention of disease, but also on the importance of being proactive and engaging with a practice that provides access to the necessary testing. This show is brought to you by Collender Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we hope you got some useful information tonight on how to be your own advocate and take charge of your health, whatever your medical journey. Please continue to tune into our shows for the latest medical updates. And thanks for listening to News Talk 760 WJR.